Blog Talk Radio. It is that time of week again, folks. The Giants Week 13 preview. Hello and welcome to the Giants Beat Podcast. I am Scott Thompson, and we got a great show for you today as we take a look at the Giants matchup with the Steelers this upcoming Sunday. The Giants are looking to move that win streak to seven straight games, but they will have to go through that steel curtain at Heinz Field and take down those Steelers to do so. The Steelers themselves, they have their own win streak as they've won back-to-back games now, and it is sure to be a battle in the Steel City. And now I will bring in my co-host, Alex Evans. We're going to break this whole thing down. It's a critical game for Big Blue, and we're going to try to fit all of this stuff in as well. We have a special guest coming in, Jim Wexel from the Steel City Insider on Scout. But first, Alex and I are going to look at the key matchups for this week, and we're going to start with Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr., obviously two of the most prolific wide receivers in the league. They're going to go head-to-head this week. Browns take a look at his numbers. 82 catches on 121 targets for 998 yards. Likely will break that 1,000-yard barrier again this season. He's averaging 12.2 yards per catch, and he also has 10 TDs. Thank you to last week. He had three TDs in that game against the Colts. Now on the other side, we have Odo Beckham Jr., 65 catches on 109 targets and 915 yards. He's averaging a little more than Brown at 14.1 yards per catch, and he has two less touchdowns with eight. So Alex going to bring you in here now. Who do you think is going to win that matchup? Because it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Well, it certainly is going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I would give the slight edge to Antonio Brown here. Even though the two, as you said, are nearly tied in touchdowns, Brown has the advantage in both yards as well as receptions, which I think is a big factor. Brown has 83 receptions to Beckham 65. That tells me that Brown gets more targets, and it makes sense because New York has better number two and three receivers in Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz than Pittsburgh has with Marcus Wheaton, even though he's injured, and Sammy Coates and Darius Hayward Bay. So it makes sense that Brown gets more receptions, and that will usually lead to greater numbers. And I think that Beckham won't be used as much as we might like in the punt return game, and I'm sure we're going to discuss that later. So Antonio's going to get some extra touches there, and that could help his cause as well. And I just think Odell's thumb which is good for Giants fans. It isn't too much of a concern to me. And after practice yesterday, which I'm sure we're going to get into later as well, um, Beckham said it didn't hurt to catch the ball and he said he'd be fine. But for all intents and purposes, I think Antonio Bryant is going to have the bigger day. Yeah, I mean, they said that they're going to try to, you know, get Odell Beckham Jr. involved a lot more, especially after last week when Eli targeted him a lot. But you know what? I'm going to go with you, Alex. I'm going to give that sledge to Antonio Brown. Sammy Coates does come back for the Steelers this week but that doesn't mean that Brown's targets are going to start to falter. I mean, he is still the best option on that wide receiving core, of course, and Big Ben loves to throw that deep ball to him as well. He's at home. He thrives at home. You know he loves riling up the crowd. So I think that Antonio Brown's going to get the slight edge here, even though the numbers are sort of the same. I think that both of them, obviously Antonio Brown needs only two more yards to break 1,000, but I think that Odell can do it as well if he gets the same amount of targets this week than he um, to the same thing, excuse me, that he did last week. He got a lot, tons of targets from Manning, but I'm going to give that slight edge to Brown at home. Next matchup we're going to take a look at is this Giants defensive line that has been doing great, but they're going to have to go against one of the best backs in the NFL, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, this Giants defensive line has been wreaking tons of havoc during this long six-game win streak. Uh, they're the fifth-ranked run defense in the league at the moment as well. But on Bell's side, he's averaging 4.6 yards per carry, 
and the last three games he has rushed into the end zone. So, Alex, I think you're on the Steelers' side of this one. Why Le'Veon Bell for this matchup? Well, this was a tough decision because, as you said, the defensive line for the Giants, they've been dominating the past few weeks, 14 sacks, four interceptions on, in the secondary's point of view. But they haven't faced a back quite as dynamic and hard to stop as Le'Veon Bell. And Bell looks to become the first back in six games to rush for over 77 yards against the Giants. In his last three games, he scored three touchdowns. He's rushed for 323 yards. And this, so this is a matchup I'm certainly looking forward to. And I, even though I think Bell is going to get the upper hand, it could really tell us a lot about how elite this New York defensive line really is. Yeah, you know, great points there. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell, very crafty, very sneaky running back. He knows how to cut. He knows how to make players miss. But you know what? I'm going to go with the Giants' defensive line in this one. I think this is a big statement game, especially for them. They've been doing a great job in the pass rush, but everyone keeps overlooking that they are a top-five defense on the run. And with a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who, let's just round it up, averaging about five yards a carry, you know, you have to be able to stop him and stop that Steelers' offense if you have any chance especially on the road. So, you know what? I'm going to believe in this Giants defensive line to step up, have Jonathan Hankins and Snacks Harrison in the middle to try to stuff up those holes, and then hopefully JPP and Olivier Vernon can get to the outside, get a few tackles for loss, and make Big Ben work in the air instead. So, last one we're going to look at is the Pittsburgh secondary. We're going to look at their defense now versus the New York Giants receiving core. This Pittsburgh secondary has been faltering of late, 22nd in the league, and they've allowed 13 touchdowns all season. And obviously the Giants, they have their multiple weapons in their arsenal. We brought up Odell Beckham Jr. Sterling Shepard wasn't targeted last last week, but he got an apology, so certainly he's going to be looked at. Victor Cruz as well, Will Ty, and then also those backs in the backfield, Paul Perkins, Rashad Jennings, they like to run out on screens. So, Alex, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that these Giants wideouts and these Giants weapons are going to cook the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers secondary, so to speak? I think that's exactly what's going to happen. This was the easiest matchup for me to pick. Pittsburgh secondary, as you said, ranked 22nd in the NFL in terms of the pass defense. They're giving up 263 yards per game, and they're facing their toughest receiving core of the season with Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and Cruz. You know, the the Steelers, the days of Troy Mm -hmm. Polamalu and Ryan Clark, they're gone. And this secondary has been a weakling for a few years now, and I think the Giants and Eli Manning could really carve up this defense through the air and survive yet another week without establishing a run game. Completely agree with you there. I think that the Giants' wideouts, especially Odell Beckham Jr., I think he should be hitting the seams, should be running those routes that he did last week, and hopefully Eli Manning can get that ball to him. You know, Obviously, they missed a couple of good chances early in the first quarter. Can't miss those chances here against a tough opponent like the Steelers. But I think that he's also going to get a lot, of more, um, a lot more people involved. Excuse me. Sterling Shepard, like we said, only had one rush for 22 yards last week and no targets. I see him getting a couple of good looks, maybe in the red zone as well. And Sterling Shepard, a lot of people don't know, is Eli Manning's favorite target to go to on third down. Didn't see that last week, but he has been all season long. He has about nine catches, I believe, on that third down. So let's see if he can get the ball to him. I think he will get a lot of chances too. So let's go with the New York Giants wideouts in that key matchup. Moving on now, we're going to look at advantages and disadvantages for both teams, and you guys can kind of stack them up and see where the Giants or the Steelers win on that side. First of all, let's start with the advantages for New York. Alex, what do you got? 
New York, as we were just talking about before, they definitely have an advantage in the receiving game. Although I think Antonio Brown is better than Odell Beckham Jr. right now, the Giants definitely have an edge in the receiving game. Sterling Shepard, 44 receptions for 476 yards and five touchdowns on the season. And that's better when compared to Pittsburgh's number two receiver, Sammy Coates, who has just two touchdowns and 425 yards on 20 receptions. Darius hayward Bay, who's Pittsburgh's number three receiver technically, he does have more touchdowns than Victor Cruz, but he's questionable for Sunday. And I would take Cruz's propensity for big catches in crucial spots over Hayward Bay regardless. And Antonio Brown obviously gets the majority of targets from Big Ben. And I think the fact that New York can spread it out to multiple players gives them an edge in the receiving game in this one. Like what you said there, now the advantages for the Steelers on the other side of the ball, obviously we talked about Le'Veon Bell. That run blocking and that run game in general is going to be a big proponent in the Steelers' offense. I think if they can get yards on the ground, it'll go to our next advantage and have Antonio Brown get open. Obviously, A.B. on the other side, most definitely, in my opinion at least, the number one wide receiver in the league. He can make you miss. He can make you get your ankles broken going deep. He can do almost everything. And I think that obviously having Antonio Brown on your side opens up a lot of things as well. Big Ben likes throwing to Ladarius Green, their new tight end as well. Jesse James, who also plays tight end. And like we said, Sammy Coates coming back, and I'm sure that he wants to make an impact coming off of the DL. So those are the advantages for Pittsburgh. But now let's look at where these teams can get exposed. Alex, what is going to happen for the Giants if they get exposed? What's, what do you think will be that one crucial part? Well, I think um, by now the running game, that's pretty much the usual thing. They're going to exposed there. The New York running woes are a disadvantage in that when compared to Pittsburgh and what they have in their department. The offensive line just hasn't gelled well. After they gave us a glimpse the past few weeks of something good, something we thought might actually be clicking, and if they couldn't dominate against an awful Cleveland defensive front seven, I have a hard time believing they can play well against a much better Pittsburgh front seven. And the secondary as well is a concern. They give up 265 yards per game, and they gave up 131 yards um, to Terrell Pryor. And if Terrell Pryor can cause that kind of damage, uh, it's scary to think what uh, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger can do on Sunday. Yeah, the Giants' secondary in the past, they are ranked 23rd in the league. But, again, another one of those parts that can be exposed is that Pittsburgh secondary, who is 22nd in the league. So, like we said, a lot of similarities in both of these, mm-hmm. both of these defenses. You know, you see the the Pittsburgh and Giants run game are top 10 in the league, and then on the other side of the ball, they're in the bottom 10 in the, um, in the pass. But I think that that pass protection and that secondary on the other side of the ball for the Steelers is definitely going to be an area of concern. Don't, don't you think, Alex? I, th- I think you're exactly right, and as you said, they're very they're very similar. New York ranks 16th in total defense. Pittsburgh's 18. They they allow about the same amount of points per game, and the same amount of passing yards per game. So they're very simple. They're very similar. But I think New York has more weapons, particularly on the defensive line with JPP, Olivier Vernon, Damon Harrison, and that's why I'd give them a slight edge on defense. But I mean, these glaring similarities mean that we're in for a very good game with two very equal com- equal uh, competitors. So we should have Jim Wexel from the Steel City Insider on Scout on this podcast very soon. But until he calls in here, we're going to go over – oh, he actually just called in here right now. This is Jim Wexel from the Steel City Insider. He is their publisher on Scout. Jim, thanks for joining Alex and I. We are thrilled to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Sure. 
So, Jim, let's get right into it. We have a few questions for you to look at the Steelers' sideline, and we're going to start with how the Steelers have bounced back from that four-game losing streak. They now find themselves at home with a two-game win streak. Uh, What have you seen from this team in the past two weeks that has prompted all these wins? I've seen the Cleveland Browns, and I've seen Scott Tolzane, quarterback the Colts. Um, Just a joke. Uh, I've seen... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've seen the Steelers getting healthy, and um, they're getting guys off the pup list and the IR callback list. And uh, uh, you know, uh, Ben. You know, Ben was hurt. Um, three games. They uh, first of all, they played Miami when everybody thought Miami stunk, and they jumped out to a quick lead. And Ben took a sack when he shouldn't have. It would have been a field goal uh, time. And then he got hurt, and then he came back and played, and he limped through the second half, and they lost. Turns out Miami's a pretty good team. The next week, they play New England, and they lose without Ben. Ben didn't play. The next week, uh, they have the bye, and then the week after that, they go to Baltimore. They never win in Baltimore. Baltimore is very physical defense, and Ben uh, had a horrible week of practice, even though the players see it in the media – we have to get confirmation from anything we see in practice. We cannot report what we see in practice. We cannot report that Ben looked terrible. We have to ask a player, what did, how do you think Ben looked? And they're all saying Ben looked great. They're glad he was just trying. Yeah. They're glad uh-huh. that there are guys out there. So a bunch of people quoted players as saying Ben looked great, and I knew he looked terrible. He was only practicing <laughs> not even half the time. So – I'm kind of explaining why, and you guys really wouldn't know this, but I'm kind of explaining why fans in Pittsburgh are down on their team. Uh, yeah. He went out, and then they lost. They they had a run-first game plan against a Ravens defense that could stop the run, and they lost. So that's three in a row. And then Ben starts to get healthy. They get Ladarius Green off the pup list. They're still missing a key wide receiver because they have, like, their number two receiver. They've, they've gone through about four of them this year. And uh, so, I mean, Antonio's getting triple covered. They have no tight end. And um, and Le'Veon Bell, that's it. And you need more. I know triplets are great, but I, I did a story this week. All great triplets had tertiary and a tight end. You know, the yep. Cowboys had Novacek and Alvin Harper. The Peyton Manning Colts had Reggie Wayne was their number two receiver. And Dallas Clark was yep. the tight end. You know, you need some help. Antonio Brown getting triple teamed. So, uh, and then they only lost to the Cowboys in the, in the very last uh, seconds. Uh, so it was a good loss to a really good team. It was at home. But that was your four games. And most of it was due to Ben being hurt. And now they're starting to get their weapons back. It's still, uh, the number two receiver is still a problem. Ladarius Green yeah. as a tight end is getting better, but he's still not. He's not Heath Miller. He's not Jay Novacek. He's not Dallas Clark. You know, he's, he's Ladarius Green mm-hmm. who's running flat-footed yep. around the field with some kind of ankle issue. So that's uh, kind of sums it all up. Probably talk too much, but. <laughs> that's, all right. that's all right. Okay. <laughs> that's all right. But anyhow, all right, that's so it. now. You know, the next the next question we got for you though is you know you talk about those those wideouts right. So you have yeah. Antonio Brown. Obviously, you say he's getting triple covered, and he his target though. Obviously, three touchdowns last week. But other than him, who has he like to been throwing to over these past 
few games. I mean, you're getting Sammy Coates back this game, but in those other two, is there a guy that stands out other than A.B.? Um, well, you know, Eli Rogers, who's a first-year slot player, he he was a rookie last year. I don't want to say he's a rookie now, but he was on IR the entire year. He was undrafted. He was Teddy Bridgewater's best friend in high school and his slot receiver at Louisville. He's a little guy, and he, he does some nice things, but he's still a first-year player. So he's the slot guy. The number two guys have been Kobe Hamilton, who they picked up off waivers at camp, put him on a practice squad. He's worked his way up. He does some nice things. You know, this is a guy you, you're, you're saying, you know, wow, I think we might have found a number five receiver for next year. He's not your number two receiver for this year's playoff run. Uh, mm-hmm. So he is he is the number yeah. two guy. And uh, Sammy Coates has two broken fingers on his hand. He's been playing. And uh, he had two good practices this week. And then uh, yesterday was the first day in the cold that we've had here. And he took few reps. Now, I don't know if his hand was bugging him or if the Steelers didn't want to throw to him in the cold to hurt his confidence because he's got to fight through some pain to catch the ball. And they want him they want him attacking the ball. They don't want him to think about the pain. They want him to catch the dead yep. thing. <laughs> yep, yep. So, so it's still, I believe, going to be an issue. Now, so uh, this week we're going to see, because you've got uh, uh, Kobe Hamilton, you've got Sammy Coates, and Eli Rogers will move from slot outside there. The other, the other possibility, which isn't going to happen now, is Le'Veon Bell plays more slot if D'Angelo Williams comes back. But D'Angelo Williams has been ruled out. So that that's okay. that's tertiary option is still going to be a problem. And, um, uh, you know, Ladarius Green, if he can take some of the pressure off as a, an emerging tight end, which I have my reservations about. I mean, he's a big target with soft hands. He's 6'6". Six, six. He, he's, he ran a little better last time than he had all year. He's had a, really some kind of screwed-up ankle issue. They really bought some damaged goods on the free agent market. They finally got him back off this ankle surgery. And he runs flat foot in practice. I don't know if that's how he ran in San Diego or not. Uh, I mean, you know, he, he just he just flaps those big feet around the field. He looks funny. But he ran under a couple balls last week, so uh, he's showing some more. So those are all the question marks the Steeler offense has coming in. It's, it's supposed to be this great offense, but, I mean, the triplets are fine. And the offensive line's fine, but it's it's these other options that aren't aren't panning out. Mm-hmm. So now, with that being said, you know how how has you know this Steelers offensive line been doing? The Giants' defensive line has been doing great in these past six games. You know they've totaled mm-hmm. fifteen sacks. They're putting tons of pressure on this Steelers offensive line. How have they been doing in keeping Big Ben up? Well, I both of uh, both of our ball clubs are tied for uh, 14 sacks allowed down by the bottom uh, of the league. So both uh, both the Giants and the Steelers have, are doing well with their 2004 quarterbacks, keeping them healthy. Um, the Steelers went through a couple injuries, uh, developed some depth, probably what you guys are doing with Pew out. Um, uh, but everybody's back. Marcus Gilbert looks great. Dave DeCastro is playing well. Pouncey's the center. Um, and uh, Al Villanueva, the war hero, the 6'8", I forget how tall he is. He's massive. Oh, he, he's, he's, he's supposedly the weak link, but he's uh, getting better and better. 
and the left guard's uh, very solid, dependable Ramon Foster. So it's it's a good unit. Mike Munchak's the coach. He he's done a good job with them. So I mean, running the ball and uh, passing the ball, it's a good, solid offensive line. Well, let's look at matchups. Me and Alex were talking about matchups before. What is one matchup on Sunday that you will be watching the most? Well, I mean, uh, Artie Burns, the rookie corner, covering, I assume, they're going to isolate uh, um, Odell Beckham over there. That's scary. Really? Um, Yeah, you know, Artie's Artie's getting a lot of attention in Pittsburgh. Um, He has two picks, and that's rare for DBs in Pittsburgh. And Mm -hmm. um, those were kind of gifts. He's long. He's fast. There's a lot to like about him, but he's just so raw, and he makes mistakes. He he gave up a, a 95-yarder to Mike Wallace. He gave up a 50-yarder to Des Bryant. He gave up uh, the Cleveland Browns' only touchdown, a 20-yarder or so to the tight end. Uh, and last week, the Colts had fourth down at their goal line before the half, could have made a game out of it. He, he let his guy get open, and the quarterback didn't pick it up. He went somewhere else, and it was dropped. So uh, he he makes mistakes, and uh, it's going to be scary. And they have another rookie in their secondary. Sean Davis is the, the strong safety. I like I like his head better. Uh, he may may not be um, as smooth as Artie, as long and as uh, 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 ball skilled. Um, but he, he's he's getting better and better and better. He 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 says that. Uh, the the trick to beating the Giants is to smash Odell Beckham. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah. So uh, apparently that's in the get in his head uh, uh, playbook. Uh, apparently, I, I don't know if that still. I don't know if that still works, but maybe you can fill me in. Oh well, uh, go look at any tape from the beginning of the season with Odell <laughs> Beckham. See if head games still work, or just last well, season with Josh Norman. But. <laughs> The the point is though but, these are rookies you know uh, these are rookies yeah. Josh Norman that that's a whole another ball game there I mean mm-hmm. so uh, Mike Mitchell is a free safety he's a real hammer and uh, he he could he could get uh, Odell Beckham uh, either riled up motivated or uh, uh, crazy whatever Mike Mitchell's mm-hmm. a bit crazy himself so uh, the secondary against the giant receivers and Eli Manning you know. I started a story. I talked to the corners, you know, what are they working on? How much are they getting better? What are you worried about this game? And then when I went to write the story, I looked up the stats, expecting this six-game win streak, the Giants to have so so much better passing stats with Eli and Beckham. And I, and I, I love Sterling Shepard uh, in college and uh, Victor Cruz. I mean, who didn't? who doesn't like him? And the stats aren't mm-hmm. that impressive. Exactly. That's why I'm nervous for. That's why we over here in New York country are nervous for this week because you don't see that production. Yeah. So we got you got to find some 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 common ground. But honestly, this week I think for both sides that the wide receivers could do a lot of damage in AB on your side and Odell Beckham on the other side. But finally, Jim, before we get you out of here, what is your prediction for this one in the Steel City? You know, I, I really uh, – the, the the national uh, perception of the Giants isn't what I thought it was. I, I was really surprised to see the Steelers favored by six and a half. I expect this one to, to go down to the wire. And, uh, you know, both quarterbacks know how to win ball games, and they both have weapons. And I know the Steelers play well at home, but 
that those those secondary players scare me. And uh, the way the Giants are protecting Eli Manning, and the Steelers don't really rush the passer all that well. They'll take they'll take out some bad offensive lines, but this this apparently is a pretty good offensive line. And Eli gets rid of the ball. You know, I, I'm going to say Steelers by three in a high scoring game. If both quarterbacks are protected well, there's going to be a lot of points. And uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, will be a key, and uh, and I think Artie Burns will allow some points. Not not just Artie. Ross Cockrell is a first-year starter too, and Sean Davis is is a rookie strong safety. It's um, it could be a high scoring, and I'm going to say the Steelers eke this one out only because they're favored by six and a half, and I and they do play well at home. Yeah, the the, the Giants, you know they have the record to be a top 10 team, but like Colin, Colin Coward said on undisputed with um, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, he said the Giants are a Clemson of last year. They look like a team. And then by the time they play a really good team, they get destroyed. So we'll see what happens there on Sunday. That was Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider. Jim, thank you so much for calling in again. We really appreciate you coming on. Oh, sure. No problem, guys. Anytime. Take care. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So that was very good. Now we got five minutes left here. Alex, we talked about surprise players. Then we talked to Jim a little bit about a guy that could really break out. He brought up Sammy Coates and how he could maybe break out. Alex, do you have a couple of surprise players for New York this week? I do, and I think um, number one on my list has to be Sterling Shepard. It won't be a surprise because he's obviously produced very well all year, but just the fact that Odell Beckham Jr., I expect uh, Pittsburgh's young secondary to focus mainly on him as he's really the only way that the Giants offense can score points, and, and that'll be music to Shepard's ears. He's proven that he can find openings in the defense and rack up yards after the catch, and I think that he'll be more involved and more open than last week since Pittsburgh will be focusing all their efforts on stopping Beckham. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think Sterling Shepard needs to get the ball here. Uh, obviously, you heard Jim say that they're going to have to press Odell Beckham Jr. They're going to have to do something. But if they're going to focus so much on him, like he said they've been doing all season long against top receivers like Des Bryant, you know, you're going to have other guys open. I think Sterling Shepard could have a breakout game here. Obviously not targeted last week, and I think Karma might come back, and he might get a lot of targets in against the Bears two weeks ago, he had 11 targets from Eli Manning, so I'm sure that he will get a pretty good workload there. I think Olivier Vernon could also have a breakout game, almost like Jason Pierre-Paul had last week. Vernon had uh, one and a half sacks. I believe he got one with Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Hankins and then one on his own, but he was getting so close to Josh McCown uh, last week to have three sacks like JPP did. And he has been doing that all season long. People just haven't been noticing that he is hurrying the quarterback a lot, knocking him down. And he's been doing a great job of getting around offensive lines. I think this could be the game for Olivier Vernon. Now, we got three minutes left. We got to give our predictions. You heard Jim's. He thinks that the, the Steelers are going to squeak it out. But I think Alex and I are sure that the Giants are going to squeak this one out themselves. Alex, why do you think the Giants are going to win? Well, I think the Giants are going to win because of their receiving the receiving game uh, primarily. I think although Antonio Brown's going to have his usual strong game, I think that um, the depth in the receiving game where the Pittsburgh secondary, who hasn't been great this year, they're going to have their hands full with Beckham and, of course, Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz. 
who will expose them. And I also think that this New York defensive front is elite enough to handle Le'Veon Bell, and I think that's going to be the difference in this one. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, What's your score? What's your prediction there for that one? I'm I'm thinking 27-23, but it could be upwards in the 30s. These teams uh, can score a lot of points, though. I think that the Giants are finally going to break that 30-point margin that they should have broken last week, to be honest. But I think if this is the game to do so, if this is the game for this offense to really set the tone for these final few games, you've got to get 30 points here. I'm going to say the Giants win 31-28. Just like Alex said, I think that both of these defenses can be destroyed, but at the same time, this offensive, uh, this de- defensive line for the Giants, excuse me, I think is able to control Le'Veon Bell's production. And then just like that, all you have to do is focus on Antonio Brown. Obviously he's going to produce in some standpoint. If you can limit him to a touchdown, maybe a few catches, that's all right. Make sure that you focus on offense, hit Odell Beckham Jr. Early, hit your open man. And let's hope that the Giants can get some points across the board and break that 30 point barrier because this offense is a lot better. But that is all the time we have today, folks. Always be sure to check out the Giants beat on scout.com and also on our social media pages on Twitter and Facebook for the latest info on Giants news analysis and tons more Monday. Alex and I will recap this Sunday's matchup with the Steelers as always. Thank you for listening to the Giants beat podcast and go big blue.